Um, in terms of an agenda, um, I'm going to uh, look at uh, the sort of campaign plan and roadmap and talk about what the sort of coherence piece looks like uh, across the piece. And then I'll go into um, how we uh, in um, uh, Army see uh, building this uh, in an operational and tactical um, space. Um, and then, um, and then a little bit on, on where we think we're going to be, uh, we're going uh, in the future. Uh, I should take about twenty minutes, and then uh, I think there's about ten minutes at the end for um, for Q and A, depending on how many um, how many questions we get in. Um, so just starting off then with the exiting. additive manufacturer uh, hierarchy and uh, the sort of interconnections uh, that we've been building as we go through. So just um, looking at the slide that I, I've put up, um, we were originally being cohered through Future Capabilities Group, FCG, um, right at the top, and that's now been overtaken by um, DevLogs um, as that piece has been handed on to um, uh, Andy Hawker and his team. Um, we clearly sit in the four-star space um, in Army headquarters, which, uh, and I said, it's being cohered through HawkCSS. And in order to uh, to rapidly accelerate accelerate our ADM, uh, we undertook um, some agree to actions ATAs uh, with our with our US colleagues. And um, what He's those ATAs uh, uh, allow us to do is formally share information on uh, on what we've been doing on and uh, and where we're going. Um, and um, uh, and they they formalise that relationship and and allow us uh, a much easier uh, flow of communication, which has been authorised and endorsed by our our relative um, two stars. Um, clearly, we also have links into um, academia, and we also have links into DSCL, which I'll cover uh, in a bit more uh, detail later on. So that's at the sort of strategic level, and we uh, uh, theoretically are responsible for the policy level uh, decision making. Um, although we are currently straying uh, much further down into uh, into execution, but we're theoretically um, responsible for uh, policy and decision making, uh, setting policy um, and cohering the plan across the piece. We do that through um, the field army below us, uh, and that's DACOS CSS, um, uh, Deputy Assistant Chief of Staff Combat Support, um, and they work in the operational space and, and direct the field army to so the bits underneath it um, to undertake various trials and, and things that we ask them to do. Um, underneath Field Army, within the development space, you'll notice that I've, I've got a dotted line around Centre of Excellence. Um, I'll be covering that in more detail um, in the presentation, but essentially this is um, our idea uh, of a, and this is turning out to be a defence level uh, Centre of Excellence. But that Centre of Excellence is, is there to provide a focal point for all of the Field Army activity um, and should be um, full of um, SMEs and, um, and uh, equipment, which um, is uh, there to prove benefit and to, to, to assist in trials and prototypes um, into the field army. So below that then, uh, we have um, the execution space, the tactical level. Um, and at the moment, it, that's being undertaken um, through a number of initiatives. We've got um, uh, printers uh, throughout defense, but we've also um, uh, built four maker spaces. So that's four um, uh, tactical level uh, boxes full of um, 3D uh, printing kit, which um, uh, I'll cover again in a bit more detail. Um, laterally, um, we have um, agreed to a number of multinational exercises. Um, we were supposed to be having our first um, exercise in November uh, with our Dutch colleagues. Um, however, um, COVID has probably um, impacted on that um, uh, pejoratively. Um, so watch this space, I'll, I'll keep you informed. Um, but also we have a number of um, uh, relationships now with the the other um, nations' centers of excellence. 
Um, uh, so in particular, um, the American, French and um, Dutch. And we visited both the American and the French. We plan to visit the Dutch um, as soon as we can, uh, we can travel. Um, similarly to um, the, the hierarchy which I've got in front of you now, um, AirCap and MarCap um, are also coherent their own plans. Um, and, um, and so you'll hear more from uh, from those as they give their um, they give their updates. But that's how we work the sort of ADM hierarchy within uh, within the Army space at the moment. Um, so if I take that pyramid and and um, show you the hierarchy, um, those of you who've read the um, ADM um, strategy. Um, uh, written by DNS, you'll know the benefits map on the bottom left-hand side um, gives a number of um, tactical through to strategic um, operational effectiveness benefits and cost ownership benefits. In terms of um, what we um, have started to produce, um, we've, we've, we're building uh, the makerspaces right now, and those are really intended to to get after the front end um, of that, that benefit map. Unknown um, participant right back is up now to um, reducing logistic need and um, uh, and um, and producing things at the front line rather than uh, rather than shipping them forwards. But clearly, if if that is the um, the front end of the benefits map, we need to be building something which um, gets after the, the the back end um, of the uh, the benefits map, and that's where the sort of centres of excellence and the links into um, academia and the the other nations' uh, centre of excellence um, come in. So that's loosely how we are trying to play that um, play that aspect of it. Um, we have um, written our now campaign plan. You'll notice at the top I've written live document. Um, that's just to, to, to tell you that clearly uh, right now we are pretty focused on uh, 2023, which is uh, where we think uh, through balance of investment, BOI, that we are going to be able to get funding to bring um, uh, additive manufacture into core uh, as a core capability. Fortunately, I'm also the program director for, D for uh, DTI. Um, and so that's a relatively neat fix. But to the left of that um, that central spine in 2023, you'll see um, most of the activity exists. And to the right is is understandably right now um, uh, uh, not uh, not filled with anything, not propagated. Um, so just um, going through the um, the lods uh, themselves. So the the campaign plan in itself um, has been um, written in concert with um, our US colleagues. Um, my oppo in America has a, a campaign plan which looks very, very similar to this, and that's done intentionally um, because it allows us to, to thread our lines of development, our lods, uh, into uh, into each other's and uh, and ensure that we are mutually attacking this uh, in a coherent manner. Um, the the timing, as I said, is to support a, a decision point to DP in probably in 2021. Um, which uh, will then uh, advise whether we we can or cannot bring um, additive into into core through DTI. Um, most of the mood music I'm getting right now is that it's all very positive um, in concert with the, the capability investigation and all of the trials that we're running. Um, we think we have a route to market uh, to bring um, uh, ADM into into core uh, through DTI. So that's all looking uh, pretty pretty positive. Our focus so far um, in this campaign plan um, has clearly been uh, getting ourselves started and, and using those uh, strategic accelerants that I talked about earlier, um, but equally on um, on getting kit for people to use. Um, my uh, uh, my uh, one star was very keen on uh, prototype warfare, uh, and in that he saw um, uh, us buying equipment to give to um, to field army and. Uh, and others to utilize and to um, to realize the benefits through through actual usage rather than through um, fancy um, campaign plans and, and strategic mapping and, and, and policy. And so that's what we did. And, and from October uh, last year until end of financial year this year, 
um, we have been pretty frantically um, buying quite a lot of equipment, which um, uh, I'll cover on um, uh, on the next couple of slides. But um, but essentially, that was aimed at um, uh, allowing people to to trial the equipment, um, but also to build um, seed corn capability uh, in the field army for us to later plug in uh, the, uh, the the core options. Um, and so we focused primarily on um, plastic 3D printing uh, because that was our quickest route to market. Um, but also, I'm going to I'm going to cover. We've we've started to um, to invest in uh, metal 3D printing capability, uh, and we are looking at different forms of um, of plastic 3D printing as well. And so that um, that um, equipment purchase utilised a whole bunch of underspend in the, in uh, in army uh, last year, uh, and um, and that has seen um, some tangible benefits. We've got a lot of a lot of equipment now which we can that we can use, um, which again I'll cover in a second. On the um, Policy and doctrine um, aspect. Then, in the background, uh, as well as buying the equipment, we've also been uh, looking to develop um, policy and uh, our use boundaries. Um, clearly, we can't um, allow people to just go off and, and print um, whatever they want, whenever they want. Um, you know, there has to be some uh, some kind of overarching safety um, um, uh, or structure that uh, that governs that. And so, we've been doing that in the background. Um, we've also put together a, um, a commander's guide uh, to tactical th uh, 3D printing, which is about 80% done. Uh, we just need to finish it off and release it to the field army. Uh, but that essentially gives um, gives guidance um, to um, uh, down to unit level or subunit level uh, on who can do what, uh, where, and, um, and but more importantly, what they're they're not allowed to do. And we've done that through um, a number of uh, permission giving organisations, but um, primarily through. Um, Chief Engineer Army and our Land Equipment Engineer uh, Engineering Support Publications Lease, uh, which allow um, various sign-off levels, um, noting that Army throughout the the tactical and operational uh, battlefield have um, incorporated and uh, chartered engineers uh, woven through it. So that combined with um, with with um, with rank and experience at SQUEP and KSE um, has allowed us to provide a sort of overarching safety matrix, which um, gives um, people the right to print um, various items off and put them into use. Um, coming down onto uh, London Development 2 Digital Thread, um, the, the SSUN, the Single Statement of User Need, um, uh, has been written and that essentially um, describes uh, what it is that we are trying to uh, trying to do with the digital aspects of, um, of additive. Clearly for us, the, um, the battle space um, uh, is, um, is long and potentially disruptive uh, and um, potentially uh, communications could be knocked out. And so we're doing quite a lot of work on uh, developing data repositories, uh, but also on how we uh, communicate from OEM um, uh, back in, in, uh, in a benign environment um, all the way forward to the, um, the, the tactical edge of the battlefield. Uh, coming down onto uh, the training aspects, uh, the training is something we haven't invested enough time in um, uh, as yet, and therefore the, the detail on there um, in this live document is a little bit scant. Um, but we're looking to um, put together an all arms um, uh, all arms uh, course, which trains uh, soldiers of any cat badge uh, and any background on 3D printing. Uh, what we feel is that it's going to be of more use to train people who um, have uh, shown um, an ability towards 3D printing, but also an interest in 3D printing, rather than um, trying to recruit people directly in, uh, into a specific cat badge. Um, and so that all arms course um, uh, is being looked at as we as we speak. Uh, and then lastly, on the operational um, side of life, uh, we have initiated the the makerspace trial um, that um, has uh, theoretically uh, COVID-19 permitting um, already started, um, as has the recycling uh, trial. 
um, but um, we will then look to uh, to conduct sort of interoperability um, exercises uh, with our, uh, our various um, bilateral partnerships. Uh, as I said, November was supposed to be with the Dutch, um, but that's um, uh, on pause at the moment. Um, and next year we have a tabletop exercise with the US planned for 2023 uh, and physical um, exercises. Um, so what um, have we been doing then? Um, so um, if I could um, uh, start from the uh, from the bottom up, um, the maker spaces we have uh, four of them. Uh, they look um, uh, uh, like I've, I've got a picture on the next slides, but essentially they they are four identical maker spaces. Um, they've got a uh, Race 3D Pro 2 Plus uh, in there, um, and that's our plastic um, workhorse, if you like, our, our rapid prototype uh, machine. Um, and it's also where we're going to be um, uh, train, training the trainers uh, and training the people on, uh, rather than using uh, any more of that expensive materials. We, we saw that very much as the um, as a sort of backbone printer, where um, people could go on, learn how to how to do three D printing, make mistakes, um, uh, and um, uh, and it not cost us a fortune. It's got a pretty big uh, print capability as well, a pretty uh, a big uh, print envelope, and so that um, that gives us um, you know some good capacity um, uh, there. We've also, um, as you know, bought, uh, commissioned the C6D um, Torboys, um, and that's a bespoke printer being made for us, um, um, which will be able to print off um, peak and peck. Um, they were due to be delivered um, this week, uh, in fact, but that's now obviously been delayed. COVID-19 has, um, has cut off a number of the suppliers, um, and so we're now expecting those to be delivered um, mid-May. I'm due an update soon, uh, and again, I'll get back to you once I understand what that looks like. Um, in the make space also, we have uh, recycling machines uh, and some uh, some uh, scanner machines. All of those um, uh, maker spaces are uh, connected, and they're connected by uh, 4G comms. Uh, we've got Wi-Fi routers um, uh, in there. The, the point of those um, Wi-Fi routers is just to enable um, uh, um, uh, enable communications. What we can't do clearly is start to um, uh, to use that for anything which is um, either sensitive in nature um, or um, or could potentially cause um, uh, potentially cause information uh, leakages. And so they're um, they're pretty open. They're not massively secure, but they're there just to enable us to to, to uh, email um, CAD drawings and whatnot to, to the makerspaces, but also to enable uh, reach back into um, to the centers of excellence and critically into the DSTL support cell, which is just there on, on the right hand side. The DSTL support cell is, is going to be um, cohering the uh, makerspace trial um, across the piece, and that's Dr. Rebecca Mangum. Um, but also in concert with um, uh, Dr. Mangum is uh, an Atkins Consortium. Um, they're providing support uh, and, um, and a number of my own um, uh, subject matter experts, which are going to be um, assisting with that. Interestingly, and we've taken the DARE makerspaces one step further, we've also included in this makerspaces uh, um, a sort of sensor suite, uh, which will allow us to capture um, uh, humidity, um, temperature, um, uh, location, um, uh, time of print, and all, all that um, all that kind of stuff, which uh, will um, provide some really, uh, really good information back into into the DSTL support cell, um, particularly when um, prints um, start to go wrong, um, so we can trace back and potentially link it to humidity or temperature um, or whatnot. Um, so within um, the makerspaces themselves, is so now exiting. Oh, so we've, uh, I've got a hidden slide there. I don't know what's happened. My apologies. Uh, within the makerspaces themselves, um, the uh, they, the um, the setup is based on a um, a general deployable office, um, and uh, uh, and we've squashed all of the uh, the uh, the kit in there. But but critically, that's um, being integrated by um, by Field Army for us, um, and uh, and should give us that um, that deployable capability. 
looking then at the Defence Centre of Excellence, um, we've also bought um, a bunch of equipment um, to start us off and to start off the um, the centre with um, a, a range of capability. Uh, we've bought a uh, an Ultimaker S5, which gives us a um, uh, a decent um, plastic printer oh, capability. Is now joining. Um, but we've also bought uh, a Mark Forge Mark II, uh, which allows us to do uh, carbon fibre printing. Um, and gives us, um, you know, better tensile strengths uh, and whatnot in in uh, the army industry. Uh, and we've also bought a robot robot factory silver belt, uh, which has a 45 degree printer, which gives us therefore X Y continuous um, Z um, uh, printing. Uh, and the point of that was that um, we wanted to be able to see uh, if we could build some larger structures, particularly for uh, particularly for things like the Royal Engineers, not necessarily interested um, so much in very small parts, but possibly interested in larger um, support type structures. Um, we've also um, now bought the um, uh, the Metalex um, printer. Uh, uh, we've bought that from Created, uh, who are going to be doing a presentation uh, just after this one at one o'clock, I believe. Um, so I'm not going to um, talk too much about what the the, the Metalex printer um, gives us, but the reason that we uh, the reason that we bought that printer was um, to give us. Um, a sort of entry-level, um, if you like, um, metal printing capability, which is based on uh, based on filament uh, and extrusion technology. Um, most of the metal printing which we had looked at um, was powder bed, uh, and clearly, if we are going to operationalise uh, metal printing, what we can't have is micronized um, uh, micronized metal powders being shipped around the battlefield because that's essentially a huge um, thermobaric grenade. Uh, and therefore quite dangerous. Um, so this is quite attractive in itself in the, the fact that we um, we get uh, rolls of um, filament, um, but it gives us, uh, as I said, that um, that that foot uh, in the in the metal 3D printing um, uh, um, uh, arena. Um, clearly, with the um, the metal X, uh, you get a a wash um, um, uh, to remove support structures, etc. Um, um, but also a center oven. Uh, and so this is really going to be a bit of a gear change for us because um, clearly post-processing of, um, of metal uh, 3D printed parts is, um, is going to be um, is going to be very different, not uh, not at least because of the uh, conversion on um, on uh, geometry, but also on um, conversion of density and um, uh, and um, and the, the part in its in of itself. So that um, so that metal X is really going to give us um, uh, give us um, uh, some metal three D printed parts, which um, you know, as I said, in in, in army industry, um, you know, a lot of what we do is um, is pretty heavy, it's pretty um, uh, pretty high impact, uh, and so um, giving us that um, is is particularly useful. I've talked in the in the past about our aspirations for C sixty and uh, peak and peck. Um, uh, printing, you know, and whilst that gives us a lot of good, um, good tensile strength, stiffness, chemical um, resistance, etc. Um, clearly, I think most of the gains that um, most uh, armies are seeing um, are going to be done through uh, through metal 3D printing, and so that's um, that's why we've gone with um, uh, why we've gone with what we've gone uh, with. So we've received those um, those items, um, and um, uh, and then li literally we're just waiting for um, uh, for COVID nineteen to to to, to go away uh, before we can install um, and um, and start to run. Um, so uh, these are the slides that um, didn't work for whatever reason. Um, so this is what the inside of the maker space looks like. Um, these are the um, the uh, recycling machines, bottom uh, bottom left, um, uh, and um, uh, combined with our workhorse um, printers, 
um, uh, we can grind down the um, the, the filament um, and uh, extrude it and reuse it. Um, so we're, we're hoping that that's going to give us some uh, sort of significant uh, uh, gains in reducing logistic need. But also um, tied in with a number of studies we've uh, we've made contact with in the US, we we're hoping to prove that um, uh, although the decay rate on uh, recycled plastics will be um, will be obvious uh, and cliff edge uh, to start off with, that we think from a lot of the evidence that we've read. Um, that the decay rate will plateau uh, within recycled plastics potentially uh, and uh, and therefore as long as we can build in that as a safety factor um, uh, clearly we can we can reuse those um, those plastics time and time again there's the um, the race 3d uh, on the top right and then the bottom right is um, uh, the c60 tall boy um, although noting that's a um, uh, that's a cad drawing because um, uh, it hasn't been built um, yet as i said um, I think that's my um, 22 minutes um, up, so I'll pause there, and um, and I believe that Steve is now going to field um, field questions. Steve.